in episode 87, we talk about, well, the new gas gases. Jimmy complains about a few things. Well, he always does. Wait, that's me. I'm complaining about what I complain about. I should complain about Logan because Logan needs to get these things uploaded a little bit sooner to the podcast format. And if it wasn't for Recluse, we wouldn't have these uploaded at all. So if you need a Recluse Recluse on your gas gas, uh, that could work out as well. They make high-performance clutch components, all different kinds of them, and everything from torque drive manual clutches to the famous auto clutch. And they also make oils. So if you are looking for an oil that's specifically designed to work, well, I got it from the horse's mouth. They told me it's an oil designed so that your clutch works the best it can. It does all the other engine lubrication stuff just fine, but they really spent some time putting some additive package in there so that your clutch works just as it should. And I can attest that that is a true statement. It is the best oil that I've ever put in my bike for clutch feel with a recluse clutch. So makes sense. Um, Give it a try if you want to find out for yourself. And if you need to know more information, you can check them out at www.recluse.com. That's R-E-K-L-U-S-E. And now here's the show. Uh, seven o'clock, Logan. That's yeah. right. Seven o'clock. What do we seven. do at seven o'clock? Uh, we start Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Right. And that is the show where... We talk about dirt bikes and dirt bike related products. Man, you're getting better at this. Um, this show is brought to you by Honda, and Honda has a little read for us. Yeah, and you've been practicing this for the last twenty minutes, right? Yeah. Yep. Good. Give me that thing. Hey, how does it go? Oh boy. Um, That's the way it works around here. You're supposed to be on your game, buddy. Okay. Uh, Honda's yeah. 2021 CRF 450R uh, is designed to take you from the starting gate to the Victory Circle. This awesome open class motocrosser features an all new uh, suspension, chassis, and motor. Engine overhaul. Yes. And bodywork. Yeah. And you can forget about clutch fade adjustment or hand fatigue with the new hydraulic clutch system. System. Lighter than ever, the Sierra 450R. Uh, what does it do? Come on. Oh, uh, makes... It explodes out of corners when it's time to increase your lead. So get down to your local dealer and check out the 2021... Uh, Sierra 450R. Go to mx.honda.com to see the full lineup of competition bikes. And remember, the Sierra 450R is... Uh... Intended for closed course operation only. Okay, you're going to do better at that next time, like at the end of the show, so you better start practicing in between fielding questions and figuring out how to say someone's name. Uh, welcome, everybody. Thanks for uh, joining in. Um, we couldn't uh, we couldn't be here without uh, some of our sponsors. Also helping us out is Climb. Uh, they've been around forever. I am really stoked on some of my Climb gear because I did one of my biggest crashes for sure in the last three or four years, uh, last Wednesday. Yeah, we were about 20 miles from here after three days and 1,500, 1,600 kilometers of road books. 
and I didn't do all of them because I had some, you know, typical Jimmy issues. Uh, did a lot of them. I wanted to do all of them. I was going to do all of them, but we were in a sand wash not too far from here, and um, I chopped the throttle, clipped a rock right as I chopped the throttle, going pretty good, and cartwheeled, but only one big slow mo cartwheel, and I landed. I was flying head first, upside down, backwards. And I landed, what really hit was my kind of like lower back is what sort of really hit the ground. And I was wearing Climb's um, aggressor undershirt, which is the stuff with that D3O. And I've I've not really, quote, tested D3O in a way like this before and uh, that I know of. And I just and back flopped, not a belly flop, like back flop my helmet. So I, I was wearing an F5 that had that cryo stuff in it. And I, I kind of hit kind of down all at once, but something caught like on my hip right above my hip. And the only place that I have any pain, had any pain, any sort of like injury whatsoever is right where that padding ended and yeah. where my kind of hip, but I knew, you know, like uh, that stuff worked good. I was, happy with so uh i saw um no it was a little different than that i because he's 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 doing tricks i wasn't i was just trying to get here i mean i just so bad but anyways i was the i was the weak link that day actually even that morning i was a weak link i think the day before i was probably the weak link i was good the day before that because everybody got really cold and i didn't i was wearing climb gear uh so yeah climb uh, helps us out also recluse um recluse uh makers of a fine auto clutch and clutch components logan uh they'll make you go up a skill level a skill exactly they'll make you go up a skill level when are you going to get a recluse clutch hopefully sooner than later hopefully sooner than later yep you don't really want one do you because they're for old dudes. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Right. Okay. Uh, anyways, uh, good to see some of the locals in here. Rusty, like I said, your shirt's on the way. Uh, George asked, Jimmy, your crash, is the bike okay? Well, here's the interesting thing. So my bike started making a ticky-ticky noise. And I, it was, I wasn't super happy with it. It was one of my KTM 500s. And it was just enough to say, you know what? I don't. I got to check this thing out. It's it's the one that I just recently rebuilt, and it just sounds like one of the valves is a little bit loose or something. So I'm like, hey, I'll just throw it in the truck, and I'll hop on um, the guy who's Jim, uh, my buddy Jim, who was driving my motorhome, and he had his bike in the truck. And I'm like, hey, I'll just swap out bikes and ride Jim's bike back, which isn't set up for me, which I also like to blame for the crash, but it's like just an excuse. Um, so, yeah, I totaled someone else's bike actually nothing really happened to it it's got a little scratched up it was like it was a big crash to have nothing happen to to me or bike uh in reality per se so but yeah it's one of those ones don't like uh yeah don't don't like those to happen and they happen every once in a while you just you get one of those you've had you did it on mini bike doesn't even count it's kind of like george yeah belly flopping um so also, uh, let's see what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about gas gases. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to, we have a lot of questions. Uh, have you checked out the digital issue of dirt bike test? The magazine issue one volume one yet. If you haven't, uh, and you're watching this on YouTube, if you go up to the banner on YouTube, you can click on the bottom corner. And it takes you right to that issue. So go check that out. If you think of all the stuff that I say 
is a bunch of BS on the show, you can go there and click a button, and then there's a digital magazine full of more of it. Uh, so you can you can go there and yell at the digital magazine instead of yelling at the screen. Uh, makes me feel good. Uh, the interaction that, that we're providing. Uh, and then um, that magazine is brought to you by a bunch of companies as well that uh, kind of make this show possible in a lot of ways. So they are Fly, Fast Company, Kreft, New Tech, the makers of the Nitro Moose. Uh, I've said Recluse plenty of times. Uh, Yamaha is a sponsor on that, as well as Honda, Beta Motorcycles, and KTM are all uh, helping bring you that digital magazine. We have uh, Climb, uh, CD, and Moto Nation. Uh, this list got doubled up. <laughs> I think this happened last time. Uh, Double Take Mirrors, Scott's Performance, Kenda makes uh, really good tires that... Um, I got a flat tire in my Kenda and I was, I was, I've, I've, I've usually run, I've been, so I've, my, my, I wore out a tire that had the moose in it. And instead of throwing the moose back in, I just said, I'm just going to tube it. I'm just going to go with the tube. And I got a freaking flat tire on a dry lake bed. So I ran over a nail or something and, uh, oh, that, that wrecked part of my day. Uh, Black Dog Cycle Works. Uh, which we just got a box from today with some of the KTM 390 parts. So if you're a KTM 390 fan, uh, check out Black Dog because we're going to have their skid plate and their foot pegs, which are, I'm, I guess I'm the guy that complains about the foot pegs in that bike and then everybody copies me and now KTM's mad. They said you shouldn't have complained about that. And I'm like, but it was legit. He goes, well, if you wouldn't have complained, nobody else would have because nobody would have noticed it. Sure. I'll talk more about that later. Uh, Baja Designs. I have a nice Baja Designs hat on, and I rode at night the other night with Baja Designs light, and I was super stoked. Uh, Tour Tech makes awesome touring accessories. Scott Goggles, which I was testing their new Prospect, or not new, I just got a new Prospect light-sensitive lens dust goggle. And so they make a couple different high-end like goggles that have different foams in them for like when you're going high speed. This dust one actually, it makes it so your eyes don't get dried out. It's pretty cool. Uh, LA sleeve, um, man, Mark sent a picture of like fifty sleeves sitting on the ground. He put it up on our Instagram of all the all the cylinders they're doing. You know, it's the season when everybody fires up their snowmobiles and stuff, and they everything seizes, right? Uh, Muck off, uh, Berm Cannon Media. We went fast, and of course, Trail Tech who uh, has the upgraded software for the new Voyager. So if you have an old Voyager, you can make your old Voyager, Voyager Pro, new uh, again, because now it can accept maps. So pretty good. Um, Logan, I, I have uh, some questions for you. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, so you're paying attention to all the stuff we're doing with the gas gas, right? All the stories that I put up on the, on the, on the website. Uh, not website, but not website. The Instagram. Oh, I saw the Instagram photo. Well, that's as far as I got. Cause I haven't had time to put it up on the website yet. <laughs> so it's good. You answered that way. Instagram showed about as much as I, I answered a few questions. Um, Curly Kyler. Uh, how do you say that? Kyler Kuehler. Cooler. Cooler. Stoker says, the real question, are there any plans to develop electric bikes from the mini you are riding up to the size of a full-size bike? Really, the only one who makes bikes in the various sizes from mini on up is Oset. Where are the in-between sizes? 
question for you. Uh, <laughs> I need a sip of beer. Hopefully coming before 2035. That way we can still ride dirt bikes in California. And Uh-huh. I think we're going to ride dirt bikes in California anyways. <laughs> Chances are. How old am I going to be in 2035? Was 20, 50, 60, uh, 65? I'll still be riding. Yeah, I'll be doing, I'll be doing just fine. As long as I don't crash like I did last time. Um, So all manufacturers seem to be developing some sort of electric platform. I don't know. Like KTM has the E, the E-Ride, the E, the free ride, but they call it the E-Ride. That's their full-size one. And I did ride the Gas Gas M. XE5, I think that's what it was called. I actually putted it around. That thing was pretty cool. I mean, I wanted just to see that. I, I putted it around to feel the, the throttle connectivity and how they were toning it down. It has six different modes that you can play with. So you put it in, in mode one, and it barely, with my weight on it, it barely would even move. And you just, you know, you turn the throttle like wide open and it would just barely start to go. So with a kid on it, Super tame. It's like having the the washer in your PW fifty. Uh, so so that and then each one of them was a very nice step up all the way to six and six. I felt it was better. It was way better than a than a well for me uh, a little you know fifty race fifty because with my weight it just the clutches just get smoked you know because it can't but that thing is just direct drive so it actually worked really good and there's none of that clutch slipping. None of that clutch maintenance, which on those bikes are, yeah, high level maintenance. This thing, if you can start out there, I mean, if you get to start out there and the bike's adjustable and height and lowering and, and, you know, you can do like there's a, you can do two different shock positions and slide the forks up and down. And then there's an additional kit. You can make it a hundred millimeters lower. So it's the size of one of those little adventure fifties. Um you can turn it upside down and throw it in the back of the trunk and, you know, plug it in and go. And the battery lasts longer than the intention span of most kids. So it, that may be the new best electric bike I have ever ridden, which is saying a lot. Um, so pretty cool. Kids are lucky. Um, and the bigger bikes are coming, but I think what's happening is that the battery technology is getting better and changing. And that is what's going to drive those. They've got the, They've got the engines figured out. They're doing really good with the the power controllers, you know, so the throttle doesn't feel like an on-off switch like it does on on a lot of bikes. Even even some of those those strange ones that people have been sending me links to, these weird kind of half mountain bike, half motorcycle things. Um, the controllers on those things are generally horrific for a for a gas guy until you until you learn how to use them because you get all the torque at low low RPMs and it's not smooth. So, um, you know, Honda's shown their bike. There was the, the Alta that was a really good bike. Um, yeah, so that it's, it's coming. It's coming. And uh, Tony Rays wants to know. What does Tony Rays want to know? Uh, when, will, when is the all-electric Volt-Volt model coming out? <laughs> Volt-Volt. Yeah, got it. Yeah, good, good joke, Tony. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, Volt-Volt. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you buy that name yet? Did you get voltvolt.com going? Uh, oh, pretty good. Uh, next uh, question on the on the gas gas. Dave Rubikowski, T. Robot, 
Oh, come on, Logan. You're supposed to nail that for Roba. Dave Robusicotti. Robusicotti. Water close ratio for 300 enduro. Uh, Wide ratio. I would call it semi-wide ratio. But uh, that's, and on the enduro bike, it was definitely a wide ratio. And I rode a, so I rode, I rode everything but the 65 and 85. And it was only because the the kids there were the only other ones that were riding as much as me and they weren't letting the bike sit around. So we rode, I rode the 125, 250, and 450 motocross bikes. I rode the, the 250, 350, 450, and 252-stroke cross-country bikes, which are called EXs. Um, and then I rode the 300 Enduro uh, also, which is the one he was asking about there. And I'm pretty sure that the that the 250 XC had uh, the wide ratio gearbox in it. And I think the 350 and 250 um, have their own uh, gearbox, but I think, I know, I think it's the same as the motocross ones. I think those ones, since they're six speeds, they don't change them. And the 450 has uh, the same four speed. Is it four speed? No, it's five speed. I can't remember. It's hard to, I didn't want to ride that one, 450 EX. We rode it for photos and then it was like, put this thing away. It's a monster. It wasn't a lot of traction. <laughs> it was just, it was a, it was a monster. I was going to take that bike cause I was going to compare it to the Yamaha 450 FX, but then, um, they said, Hey, take the 350 and I'm glad I did. Cause that's a fun, a fun bike. So interesting, um, interesting on, on that intro is that, so what gas gas is doing. So essentially the red KTMs. With a Husqvarna swing arm, which is a little different design on the swing arm. I think it's more aesthetics than change. Um, so it doesn't have the, it has the aluminum rear subframe and then they're all linkage bikes. They don't have a PDS bike. So that's a big difference. And the the other area where they're a change is on the 300 Enduro. They're running um, brake tech, uh, brakes and clutch activation. So instead of being Magura or Brembo, it's another company called Brake Tech, which makes the brakes on the trials bikes. And they're positioning gas gas to be a little bit more uh, cost conscious. So a few hundred dollars, like five to $700 less retail price. And they're they're doing it by changing some of the components. It doesn't have the machine built triple clamp. It comes with a cast triple clamp, kind of like the EXCs do on the KTM line. Um, the, the suspension settings overall were... Uh, they're different than KTM's, different than Huskies. They're their own unique, unique ones, and they they were said to be. They were, we were told they were a little bit softer, and I tend to agree with them, with the exception of the initial movement of the the forks. The forks felt like they needed to be broken in more. They didn't feel like they had a lot of time on them. And I'm guessing that the settings that they have on the bike are just KTM's world or European setting, which is typically a little bit softer. Um, but I've also in the past when I've ridden a, a European bike, this, the initials, they, they, they have a stiff initial bit of the suspension, like the low speed compression is stiff. And these bikes sort of mirrored that I rode a four, uh, a two fifty at the beginning of the day. And then I, a motocross bike. And then also at the end of the day after it probably had three to five hours on it and it still felt a little bit stiff 
you know, in the, in the initial compared to the rest of the stroke, because it, it, it was definitely was, you know, used up more stroke and, you know, bottomed a little bit more than um, a typical KTM or Husky, which not not a bad thing. I think for most riders in reality, uh, it's probably a it's probably a more real world setting uh, because you're we're not all intermediate and pro level motocross guys and we're not we don't need to get beat up that bad, although I would tend to want to adjust the initial a little bit. Um, and then the, and then the other difference is Maxxis tires on the motocross bikes. So they have the new Maxxis uh, motocross tire, which really wasn't, uh, wasn't that bad. I don't think it transferred from going from, and the traction was really good that day, most of Glen Helen. But when you went from that really good traction to some of the parts that were a hard pack, the bake stuff, um, Maybe the transition on that, so the, like actually the rubber compound may not be as good, but that's a pretty pretty minor thing. It was on the brakes; they were good. They they leaned into the turns good, and so it's hard. It was hard for me to really tell the difference. The tire was playing into how the suspension was feeling, and without the ability to do some back to back testing, it was really hard. But overall, I think that that those bikes are fine. They're, you're not gonna you're not gonna find any fault with them. I'm sure the other magazines will, and Speaking of other magazines, so when I got on the 450 motocross bike after two other publications had been on it and sort of they were kind of rotating us around because they didn't have enough bikes for everybody, so you're kind of sharing them. So, and I observed the guy who got off the bike, who got off the bike and went straight over to his his little video guy, and they sat down and they talked about the bike. I know who that was. I don't know who was on it first, but... So I got on this 450 and I took off and I rode around. I said, holy crap, this suspension is stiff. It feels like just, it's just jackhammering me. And I went about a half a lap and I came back in and I, I, I was pretty sure I go, you know what? It feels like the tire pressure went up, you know, like maybe, maybe they checked it in the morning and it was up a little bit, but it was definitely st- way stiffer than the 125 I just got off expected. So I rode back and I said, hey, can we check the tire pressure? And they're like, we checked it. And I go, no, can we check the tire pressure? And I go, okay. So they checked the front. Anybody want to wager a guess how much air was in it? Uh, how much? 18. What do you do? 15. Higher. Whoa. Higher. <laughs> Higher. Oh, really? 35 PSI in the front tire. Uh. Okay. And then how much is in the back? Oh, boy. Well, I guess the same. 42 okay. in, the, in the back. And so these two other, you know, you, you've probably watched their videos. These two other guys rode this bike around and they're, 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 they're good. And they, I, I'm pretty sure one of them even came back in and had them change some suspension clickers. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Like, like. It actually, when the dirt was loamy and stuff, it wasn't that bad. But if you hit a bump, if you hit like any sort of square edge chop and stuff like that, they're just, and then, and then, and then when you start leaning it in, it just, it just didn't bite. It was, I'm like, I was thinking like, okay, it's stiff and the tires are at like 17 PSI. We need to let some air out of them. I know, I, you know, I had no idea that they would. And what had happened is when they were doing all the tire pressure checking, this bike got pulled out so somebody could go shoot a photo of it and it got taken out of line. I mean, when they're dealing with like, 30 bikes, 20 bikes that are out there. This kind of stuff happens. But to have these are these are these are your expert evaluators. These are the guys that you would expect them to notice something like that. I mean, it took me a half a lap and I was and 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 I 
I just come off of 125, so it was a big change. Everything was a big change, and I'm like, this is there's something that's just not right. It, I didn't go spend ten laps on it, or you know maybe three for these other guys, and come back and go, oh, this bike's junk. Yeah. <laughs> so I haven't had a chance to go listen or read their you know watch their reviews or whatever, but I'd love to hear what they how they talked about that bike because I know what the way it was when they wrote it. <laughs> and, and there's your there's your experts trust. Trust who you uh, read about. Actually, I did. I did watch. Uh, I did take the time to watch the motocross action because um, it didn't come up right away. They took some time with it, and well, they talked about what they're going to do and how they're going to do it, and they didn't say a ton about the bike. But you know, they're doing the same thing. Ah, suspension's not stiff enough for us. We're so fast and all that. And then you got to go watch them ride on Saturday, and you see how fast they really are. But they actually try to do a pretty good job of. <laughs> reviewing the bikes and stuff so um that's where logan gets all his info right mxa yeah that's it no no <laughs> so you want a gas gas now hey i saw some local kids out um some some local kids that are out riding we were on the utv yesterday that wasn't you was it yesterday you weren't riding no yeah you were riding yesterday do yeah. we ride right by you on the utv yeah you have an orange ktm now not a black one that's his bike Oh, you know, you took your bike. You don't ride your bike anymore. You just ride dad's bike. Kickstand and pump gas. So, so what, what I was going to say is they weren't riding. No. No, they were sitting around with their girlfriends on the bike. They were doing a little. Them, they yeah. were doing a little smoochy smoochy up were on they? the on the overlooks. Yeah. Because because when we went down across the valley, down to the bottom part of the valley, that's where the the one hundred was. That that was your sister's bike, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because we saw the bikes just parked by themselves, and we were we were kind of blasting. That was two days ago, I think it was two days ago. Yeah. 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 So no, you're supposed to be riding your dirt bikes, and the girls don't belong out there unless they're unless they're there to hold a pit board and write down your lap times, or they're watching you ride so they know when they need to clean the air filter. That's that's sage advice, Logan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So we got any questions in the room now? <laughs> oh, I was going to, there was one other guy I was going to answer kind of because he was going to go to, he was going to go to, he was going to go to bed early or something like that. I forget what his, uh, I forget which question it was. It was something in the room. Any in the room you see him? Uh. Berm Cannon should tell bedtime stories with that voice of his. <laughs> hmm. Um, zap zap is what Chris Real thinks the the gas gas should be called. <laughs> yeah, I don't Chris. Yeah, Chris Real. Sorry. Um, they're all guessing how old I'm going to be when I when it's thirty thirty five. No, I think that's tire pressure. Oh, it's tire pressure. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I figured they're just being nice about my age. They're all around twenty eight. 35. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, that is tire pressure. I forgot that already. Um, yeah. So what bike, uh, the gas, gas 450, uh, that I, that I rode at the intro, the motocross, the MC 450 had 35 and 42 was the, uh, tire settings after some of the other publications, uh, wrote it. Let's see who rides South east of vegas i'm not sure what they're talking about okay um where was that where was the one question that the guy i was gonna 
I thought I, I put it on that. No, I didn't. That because he said he had he had he had to go to bed. He was probably on the East Coast. I'll figure it out later. Sorry if I missed your. Uh, <laughs> Wonder if he threw it up in the. Uh, I don't know if he threw it up in the chat room. No, in the the thing. If Logan follows your path of romance, his wife hasn't been born yet. <laughs> that means that means I think that what that means is no women will uh, tolerate uh, my uh, my style. I guess well, Heather does a little bit most of the time. Um, yeah, I moved on from PBRs. This is this is Dogfish Head. Uh, I found it at the store. It's really, it's really good for, it's a, like a low carb. This is, so for this, have that low carb beer. It's like a Michelob Ultra in, in calories, but it tastes like a beer. Yeah. It doesn't taste like water. No, it's, um, it's good. Uh, okay. This question is for you, Logan. Uh, this guy, his name is Harlan. He says he might have found the bike to retire his 85 XL 350R. It's a 2021 WR450F that's plated and has 75 hours since the scheduled top-end rebuild and inspection with a Wiseco piston and rigs, FMF Q4, Yamaha power tuner, hot cam stage one camshaft, suspension rebuild, revalve, and resprung lowered front and rear for a 200-pound-plus rider, newly installed shock linkage and swing arm bearings, a two-year-old EBC clutch in perfect condition, is it worth $5,500? I'm sitting on 5000 and itch for that TAT next summer. Should I pull the trigger? What what bike is it and I, what year? It sounds like the bike, the fuse has been lit. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, say it's that, that, like that list with that list of stuff. He's not talking out of it, yeah. Yeah, well, he sounds like he likes it. Yeah. 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 The fuse has been lit maybe on the bike too. Um and how many hours were on it before the 75 since the top end? Because you can get you can get 150 hours easy, and I'm wondering why they put all that stuff in there. Uh, yeah, they <laughs> usually a 200 pound guy like lowers the suspension two inches just by being 200 pounds. So like, what's the? <laughs> yeah, he says he raced sprint enduros with an 09 YZ250F and really liked it, though it was sprung for a 220 pound rider. I'm 33 years old, 510 and 160. How hard will it be to throw a blinker kit on this? Will it provide enough power to run additional lighting devices? Thank you, Jimmy, and have a wonderful holiday. Harlan. Uh, George says it's a 2012, not a 2021. No, 2012. Yeah, that's what it says. I messed up. Did I say 2021? 2012 for five grand? Yeah, that's... I got bikes for sale for him. Yeah, we got better bikes than that. I think that's... I think... Yeah. <laughs> I... I I hear about all these crazy prices. I try. I'm trying to charge some crazy prices on my on my RFS KTM's, and I'm not getting them that much. Yeah, they're still here. I think I got to get them. Somebody who's a better salesman than me this is what I really need. Um, I would uh, for five grand, and you're. It, it, I I wouldn't for the TAT. I would want more of like a DR650. In all honesty, or a, a Honda XR650L. You could probably buy a brand new one for. Five grand. Honda, sponsor of the show. We're not supposed to talk about 650L. We're supposed to only talk about the CRF450R, but you could get a CRF450L. That's real expensive, though. That's that's in the nine, ten grand range. Uh, but 650 might be a 
might be a good one. You can buy used ones too, um, especially for the TAT. And then it comes with all the stuff you want to throw on it. And it's not a race bike and it'll be more comfortable. And it is more like the 85 XL 350 R that you have. Interesting story. You, you, you're on the 85 XL, like San Felipe, Bob, who's always in the chat room. And he, he turned into a Yamaha guy. Now he's all Yamaha all the time. So maybe, maybe there is some uh, lineage there. Bob right here, 200 hours on my WR450R and the leak down is over 90%. Is that a bad thing? 90% or? It's leak down is 90% or is it? Five percent. Uh, well, over five percent is a problem. Yeah, yeah. Not when they're warmed up. <laughs> Trevor just leaked down his his bike, and it was it was more than five percent or something. I don't remember. But then he asked me. He's having all these problems. It sounded like a fuel delivery problem, but we kind of ruled that out because he switched some stuff around. And then so okay, it's electrical. Then it's just the little things don't go wrong. After all of this. He goes, hey, if the spark plug was loose, would this kind of stuff happen? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's because that's how it contact, like the, the spark plug, that's how it's grounding itself. And if it's loose and, and then you can have intermittent because it was starting and it would stop intermittent wouldn't idle. All that. It's like, yeah, yeah, that, that we should call Trevor, call him. And it's, it's confusing to listen to him talk about it. It also lets dirt in. Uh, it yeah it it did let dirt in. He said there was, he said there was plenty of dirt on the piston. <laughs> so so that piston durability test just went south. So now we've done two of them. We've run two Vertex pistons with the addition of dirt and both the bikes are still running and survived. Um pretty good. I actually I might the the one that I have the ticky ticky noise which isn't piston related. I think it's something in the top end. I might be able to get a look at that piston that doesn't have any dirt in it uh pretty soon. So uh Tenere's. What's the price of a Tenere? Ten thousand. Too expensive. Can't have a Tenere. Um, but that would be a good uh, TAT bike, Trans America Trail bike. What's uh, what does Matt Brap five one nine want to know? Awesome content, guys. I'm torn between the KX four fifty and the YZ four fifty F, and I know many other people are too. To have you considered making a comparison video or something of the type? Thanks. Um, yeah, we always consider making a comparison video. It's getting the time to do it. <laughs> that, that is, uh, that is difficult. But, uh, uh, so those are two distinctly different bikes. And if, if I were to break it down, so the Yamaha wins all of the shootouts, it seems like, I don't know. I don't know why, even though I like the Yamaha a lot and, and it probably, it probably would be my favorite bike. I haven't, like I said, haven't done a shootout um, for a couple of years now, but the one thing about the Yamaha is you have the power tuner, the, the app, and I can turn that bike into anything I want with the engine. So it's like, it's such a good engine. It's and it's easy to tune and, that makes that bike so much easier to, 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 to use. So that being said, I kind of take the engine of the Yamaha out of the equation because I can make that engine the best. I can make it into even one when I, when I like, I really like the new Honda. The new Honda has a really, except for the, the noise it makes at low RPM, everything, uh, I like everything else about that bike. Now, 
I would tune my Yamaha to run just like the Honda. And then, and then it's like, okay, that now we get into the stuff that makes these bikes really different or the way that they handle and how they, you know, how the suspension works. And the Yamaha is really good suspension. And I think Kawasaki has kind of gotten pretty close to that. I think, you know, they both, both of those two bikes compared to some of the others feel a little heavier or, or, you know, some people call it more planted. I think the Yamaha turns better, has better turning. So it's, it's, it's just, you're just nitpicking between these kind of two sort of excellent bikes. And it's like, which one, which characteristics, if he told, if you told me, if you said, I want a bike that has, you know, like, well, it would it would be a handling characteristic. So if you wanted something that like is a front end turning bike, I would kind of start to go Yamaha. You know, if you want something that's just easy to, you know, like easier to ride, is not not as finicky. Yamaha can be finicky. Kawasaki is like, hey, I don't really want to check my sag before I each ride. I don't really like playing with clickers. Um, you can probably come to a pretty good setting on the Kawasaki and never touch it again, where I think on the Yamaha, you go to different kind of tracks and you might want to play with it i don't mind playing with bikes and i'm pretty good at it so i kind of enjoy you know getting that yamaha to work better every time i ride it so yeah that's uh that's it there's your comparison done they're both good (laughs) which 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 is which dealer is better uh because they're all going to be the same price next question um meghan f Mm mm-hmm where in Nevada were you riding? Gorgeous views. What do I usually tell people? Uh, go find it. <laughs> go find it yourself. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the that's that's me. I don't want to give. I, I don't want the internet to reveal all the awesome uh, riding spots. And if we make it too easy, we tell you exactly where those spots are, and you go there. Then everybody goes there. Then they're not that awesome anymore. So. Um, I think you should have to work for it because if you work for it, then you would be like me and you wouldn't want to tell everybody where it's at because you don't want it to get ruined unless you think that that's the best way to win a popularity contest on the internet is to give everything away for free and then uh, and then have your favorite riding area turn into a garbage dump because the people that get it, the information for free tend to treat it like they got it for free and then we all suffer. So that's the uh, – that's the uh, – the way it is, Rusty Neal has a timer on me. Yeah. You want to know why? Anyone want to guess? Yeah. What haven't I done? <laughs> <The thing>. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. Let's see if we can get through a whole show. Maybe. It's, I don't know. I touched one today. I touched one today. I moved it out of the way of the, the other bike that I bump started today. You want to imagine what that was? Fuel injected two stroke. An OSA. Yeah, I got it started today. It started right up. Not not with a Kickstarter, with a bump start. But, uh, yeah, just wanted to make sure it still ran. Uh, Doug Derby. Doug Derby, yes. He said maybe Jimmy doesn't have any of those running right now. <laughs> nope, they both run. They're both running. Uh, next question. Uh, Captain hashtag 250 hashtags FX. Horrible audio. Well, that's a real constructive um, comment. He's talking about my beta, the beta 300 uh, ride test. 
Um, so I went and looked at Captain FX250 hashtag, whatever his name is. I went and looked at his uh, his his page where he rides around and talks too. And <laughs> I thought maybe, you know, like, thanks, buddy. Horrible audio. Like, if you're doing it, tell me. Tell me how to do it better, man. Don't just don't just beat on me. You you sound like he sounds like, well right away. I noticed he needs riding lessons. That, that was obvious. I could tell he was out of balance the whole time. And then he's kind of breathing hard. His audio is so good you can hear him breathing, which I don't know if I like that. It's not really doesn't turn me on. So next time I'll breathe hard in my video for you, Captain. <laughs> so um, next, uh, Travis Carroll. Uh, well done, my riding buddy, and I have planned to ride the tour of Idaho in 2021. But no, it's he, 2012. Oh, had planned. Oh, yeah. Okay. See, see, it's not only me that gets the dates wrong. Well, I was just guessing. Got they messed it up, but uh, but he couldn't do it, so rode the CDT instead. Uh, the C, uh, Continental Divide Trail. Uh, have you found any new... Blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's, uh, the, the printer looks like it jacked up. Um, magic for your feet. Uh, to me. Uh, that is the hardest physical aspect to ride like these. What feet next to a hot motor for hours makes my feet look and feel like boiled chicken? Okay, so have you ever seen anybody that has like have you ever heard of that elephantitis disease where like they like their skin just wrinkles up and like so if you if you're if you're eating dinner right now, like go watch my tour of Idaho video and uh you get to see my feet about probably minute oh, I don't know, thirty five or something like that. I uh and this was a problem when I was racing in Dakar, especially in Dakar, because then I had cylinder heads that were hot and your feet were sweaty. And I had vented boots and it still wasn't good enough. So uh, sometimes when you're doing those 10 and 12 hour days, your feet get uh, pretty bad. So um, I told him I had some. So better socks. Since then, we've had some socks that, believe it or not, have some venting technology or channels in them. Yeah, they have they wick, and then they, they, they literally have channels in them that seem to uh, have a... They do a pretty good job of drawing the moisture away from my feet. Some of them actually have, like, um, padded sections. So, like, at the ball of your feet, Climb makes a really nice set. I think they're wool, actually, in certain spots. But there's a padded section kind of at your, uh, at your ball of your feet, and then, then there's, a, there's kind of an ankle cup in, in the sock. And those ones have been really good at uh, drying, keeping my feet dry, you know, having, uh, giving a little air inside there. And I wear most of the time the CD um, Crossfire boots, which have a kind of a smaller toe box and they're tighter and they don't really uh, breathe. Uh, most boots boots don't really breathe, but they're also, they don't let too much water in. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a, a, a tit for tat, but uh so those are the things. I've, better socks have has helped uh, quite a bit, and those socks went like whatever it was nine days or something because I didn't have. <laughs> so you can imagine what those those donkeys smelled like at the end of the tour. Uh, oh, I know what I was going to talk about is the is on the gas gas the so on the three hundred enduro that we rode. They have the brake tech brakes and um. And I'm going to I'm going to post the story up on dirt bike test uh, where I go into a little bit more detail. But the they're they're not that bad. 
And so that's that's going to be a cost cutting, uh, I'm sure, a, le- a lower cost uh, option. That and they they only have it on the 300 enduro right now. And what I noticed was that not as much bite as a as a Brembo uh, brake. What we're used to at the KTM, which are pretty. It's funny because before we used to complain about how how much how grabby they were, and now everybody's gotten used to it, and they kind of expect that level of, you know, you got used to higher performance, and it's like okay, now we're used to it, so we don't complain about it. Uh, but I bet you that newer riders or guys that aren't so experienced, it's still too grabby for them. But since the pros say it's really good, you know, and pros go to bigger oversized discs and, and better brake pads and all this other stuff, stuff that you as a regular guy don't need. So I don't think this is a problem. And I didn't, so there's less bite and overall not as much power, you know? So everybody would say, Those, that's bad. No, I think for average guy, it's probably right where it needs to be. Um, it, you know, if you're riding with a bunch of guys that are all top level guys and they all say, I really like the, the brakes on the KTM better than this. Um, it, you know, we noticed back when Honda went from a steel braided line to a rubber line. You know, the components on the end stayed the same and the rubber rubber line changed and it was a cost thing. But it was also they found that their regular riders thought the brake worked better because it wasn't as wasn't as grabby. So there's 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 stuff like that to kind of pay attention to. But that so that was and and I I went down the Glen Hill and downhills and I was dragging it on purpose and trying to get it hot and, you know, make it fail. Um, felt bad because it's a brand new bike and I'm making the rotors, making the rotors blue, right? <laughs> Broke the brakes in for the next guy. Um, that was hard on them. No fade. They didn't, they didn't get weaker or anything fun, funny like that. Um, and then the clutch. So the clutch feel felt like it was a, like it was a, uh, a smaller diameter piston. So it took a longer throw to disengage. So remember how the, the Magura, um, clutch activation was a little bit quicker and sharper which i preferred and then the brembo was a little bit more modulation little uh, less lever effort and then and then this one seems like it's a step in that it's like one more step in that direction where i i like a little bit less movement at the lever maybe a little bit more i don't mind a little bit more firm of a pull but that way it's quicker and kind of snappier and this one was real easy to use so that's uh that's kind of the changes i noticed uh, on that bike. And, uh, so if you're curious about that stuff, I don't, um, I don't think, uh, oh, the, 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 the pro level riders are all going to complain, but I think for regular people, it's just regular riders. It's just fine. We'll see how the, you know, the long-term durability holds up on that stuff. I know that some of the Magura clutches on the, the Husky seem to have a harder time, um, lasting as long as some of the other stuff, but recluse does make a really good replacement slave cylinder that you can uh, cure that with just saying so okay next question uh pavel lavaro lavrog yeah i saw you take a picture of that do did you use (laughs) ktm application on mobile phone for connected bluetooth so he's from a different country russia russia that's russian so he's asking me if i connected on our ktm 390 uh to the mobile phone yes i did did I use the KTM application? Uh, no, because I didn't want to buy it because it's like KTM My Ride or something like that that connects to it, and it's just another map. And I have a map up here in my head, and I didn't need another map on my thing. So, um, 
I didn't didn't really didn't really dive too deep into uh, into that because I think it was like five bucks and I'm too cheap. Maybe somebody will sponsor more sponsor this show and I can buy it. KTM used to sponsor the show. Maybe they should have sponsored me with the Bluetooth. <laughs> uh, next, uh, John M. Flores, uh, Jimmy Lewis is legend. Subscribed. John Flores. Isn't that guy a famous surfer? That guy's a legend, too. <laughs> <laughs> yep. John John Flores. John John Flores. Yeah. Uh, the Bleeding Gamer. Can you please show it in snow? So he's asking to see the Christini all-wheel drive adventure bike in the snow. I would love to take that thing in the snow, but I'd also love it if it wasn't broken. <laughs> That's what I. That's what I'm getting paid to do is break it, you know, because they they're you know it's they're figuring out what the weak links are. If they're making a kit for it, they want to know what breaks. And luckily, it's all been it's not been any of the stuff that's up on the triple clamps going down to the fork, which is the important stuff that's already made. It's been all the stuff to connect the counter shaft sprocket to the the gearbox to the to the um, going up to the triple clamp. So between the engine and the triple clamp. Uh, we've been having some teething problems, uh, and since Christini is selling a boatload of all-wheel drive fat-tired bicycles, the motorcycle projects, because that makes money, the motorcycle projects sort of take a back seat, and uh, yeah, so that's and that's where we're at with that one. Next. Sea uh, Tiger News. Uh, best review I've seen on this bike. Best review, of course, is a we, what? That, is there any question? CG, CG, CG News. C Tiger. C Tiger, Muse. <clears throat> yeah, of course, is the best review on this bike. Kamal Thapa. Anyway. Good, no, anyway, ground clearance of the KTM Adventure 390 is not substantial for road, for of road. For off road. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> in the video, we demonstrate the bike riding off road. And I didn't see any place in the video where the ground clearance was an issue. So the answer is no. That's why we put the video out. That's why the. <laughs> <laughs> Did I not talk about the ground clearance? I mean, ground clearance is pretty low on that thing. But, like, what do you... Are you hopping over logs or, you know, in wherever Kamal... Everything runs out of gas. Everything runs out of gas. Yeah. Everything runs out of gas, too. Kamal Thapa. Maybe we're, they have to run over bamboos and stuff and sticks and jungle things. And then the ground clearance is an issue. Paulo C. Yep, one of the best episodes. You three clowns just need to do more drinking while talking. Love Short's reaction to the prices of climb gear. Oh, the... And tell Ricky I bought one of his new hoodies because of the show. Good luck to them and their teams at 2021 Dakar. You skipped a whole line of that. Great insight into how riders at different events think and how their bikes are set up differently, etc. Yeah, that's when we get the pros in here, they tell us that stuff, right? Yes. Right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, uh, he was talking about taking the 390 off sweet jumps. <laughs> I did some sweet jumps in that video. I think there's a couple sweet jumps, but it didn't. Ground clearance was an issue. Uh, yeah, thanks, Paulo. Um, try to bring you those guys. Uh, they they wanted to do a show last week, but where we were at on Tuesday night, uh, no internets or anything like that. They they well, they hardly say it to me, but they they have they actually had a fun time. They they enjoy doing it. It's like not doing normal press. So they're like, oh, that's kind of goofy. You can talk about whatever you want there, and hopefully their sponsors aren't watching, or maybe they are watching. Hey, have you seen the new Ricky Brabeck video? You see that? You just saw the start of it. It's like 30 minutes long. It's the, it's kind of, it's uh, George, get that up there on the chat room. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah. It's a, it, it kind of tells Ricky's story, which a lot of people don't know. I mean, I didn't know until I met him. I mean, I heard a little bit about, you know, where he came from, fat kid from (laughs) fat kid from the high des that just, that just got sick of working. You know, he wanted to ride dirt bikes and he put the work in. He still is. So yeah, good, uh, Good story. Um, next. Bill Slicer on the WR450F video. Too technical for me. So you think he's talking about the information in the video? Or is he talking about the writing? I don't know. What would you think? Probably the writing. I think maybe I said too much about the bike. What video? WR450F, the Yamaha. I don't remember. It's been a couple of years. But, uh, yeah, the video is called Conquering the Impossible. And uh, it's up on the YouTubes. Uh, Monster just released it, I think, yesterday or the day before. So yeah. pretty cool uh, pretty cool video. Uh, get a chance. Uh, click on that thing. Next. Uh, Robin Thomas. Come to... Uh, Unami, Unami, Unami salt, salt flats in Bolivia. Yeah, yeah, I'm on my way. <laughs> no, they, they they like tourists there. They adventure bikes and stuff. Everybody likes lots of guys there. I don't, I don't, can't travel right now. I don't really want to travel right now. I'm gonna go to some salt flats around here or something like that. Then I won't crash into rocks and sand washes. <laughs> uh. The Husky 501 video. Uh, Mojo NSB. Hey guys, thanks for the video. You mentioned the engine getting hot. Is that a problem with these bikes? Uh, Thinking about getting the 350S. Does this have the same issue or is it a non-issue? So Mojo... um so I think it's funny. I, I remember I replied to him on the YouTubes, on the comment, and then I now I know what now I my brain works differently. He's we talk about it getting hot when it has the little insert in the exhaust. So the, at the very end of the exhaust, there's a little piece of perf in there that for some reason on most of my bikes that tends to fall out, or it's coached out, or it it gets removed. Uh, but that thing, what that thing does besides knocking the sound down a decibel or two mostly to the sound meter is it traps a lot of heat inside of the exhaust system which traps a lot of heat into the motor uh and so that's what he's asking about so the 350 has that yes and the 350 does that yes 
Uh, if I had that bike, would it fall out? Yes. Um, I do have, I have a KTM version of it. So um, that's where the heat is. But then I, but it comes with a cooling fan and the most, for the most part, it'll handle, um, it'll handle that heat. Uh, no problem. But I tell you what, if you combine that heat with uh, slipping a lot of the clutch, you know, doing a lot of clutch slipping, uh, then it won't handle the heat. Because that's, I, I forgot about the, the muffler thing. And I was thinking, did you watch where he rode that thing in the video? <laughs> like some of the canyons we took that five the 501 up were pretty sporty. And so, yes, uh, I, the 350 it acts exactly the same in that respect. Uh, but if you take that out, the the heat buildup, it, it's not a it's not a big deal. It but it will not cure the clutch heat. Uh, recluse clutch might if you do it yourself. Uh, Rider S U organ organ. Uh, rally racing sounds cool. It would be nice to have things explained a little bit. Example, I don't know what a road book is. Oh, we didn't die. I mean, imagine having two guys that, well, one guy that won the Dakar and the guy that finished in top 10, and we didn't even explain how that stuff works. So bad on me. Uh, you want to go grab me one yeah. of those iPads that are, that are the, the one that's actually plugged in. It's right over there on the, on the wall, on this wall here. It's there on that little thing. The one that's closest to me, grab that thing, and I will. You actually want an iPad? Yeah, the iPad. Yeah, I think there's one that's plugged in. Yeah, that one has a road book in it, and I, I can explain some of this. Uh, that is, I will I will explain it. We'll go to the next question. I'll get this thing fired up. Uh, Rudolph, Rudolph Hashen is not trend lightly. It's not trend likely, lightly. Remember, he's mad when he's saying this, so so. Be angry. It doesn't vote Democratic because they they shut down riding areas. Don't blow sm smoke. Call a spade a spade. Don't tell me a dirt bike cutting a rut is destroying the environment. Logan, you gotta you gotta remember when you're you're saying these. Just let them sink in your head. So the next time, like you know, an adult approaches you with something, you fire back with this bull crap. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry, I said that. <laughs> then you can sound like a real a real uh yeah. educated uh <laughs> go ahead keep going <laughs> uh people mountain bike and make ruts uh they will never uh relent even how careful we are not to disturb the spotted tree snails they just didn't want people enjoying public land on two wheels because <laughs> it scares them and they walk. So do you think this guy had a trail closed down or a greenie got yelled at him? Or, I mean, we all feel this way. Yeah. You, you all feel this way. Uh, it, uh, uh, I, I think he, he watched the show and then he, he actually went back and edited this comment a couple of times. I saw the different evolutions of it. He actually made it, made it nice. But uh, yeah, Rudolph, uh, chill out, man. Uh, I'll tell you what'll help is, A, don't show all your trails on the internet. <laughs> that'll, that'll solve half the problems. Uh, I can agree with you on the don't vote Democrat for the most part. Uh, I think that that typically um, the other, the, the, the greenies tend to, 
Uh, but they're just all for closure. It's all for closure and all for me. They want their areas all to themselves and nobody else to get in there, no matter what you want to do. They don't care whether it's – once they get rid of the motorcycles, they go after the bikes, they'll go after the horses. They don't – it's – they don't care. And everybody wants their you area – I swear they think that we won't want all of the trails only for us. That's the way that they, that's the way they, they, I go to these meetings. I work with people that work in this arena and it's important for all of us to try to get along and try to educate people on what our needs are. And if they keep shoving us in the smaller and smaller areas and closing stuff down, well, guess what? People get pissed off and then they ride places that they shouldn't. And then, and then there's always going to be those idiots that are, you know, when you hear the wheelie boys going up and down the streets, they call those dirt bikers. And then when one smashes into a car and gets killed, a dirt biker is killed. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, that wasn't a dirt biker. That was a that was a wheelie boy or something. And, and that, that's not what a dirt biker is. So we have a, 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 a public image problem that it's difficult to overcome because what we like doing is considered by a lot of people to be crazy and out of control. And, and but think about you, the, the stuff that we get to do on a dirt bike. If we didn't get to do that, what else would you be doing? Like think of, think of, think of, think of how crazy we can go out in the desert or go out in the woods and you can go out and you can do some pretty crazy stinking stuff and it's legal and it's allowed. And if you take that away, how does that person like cope with needing that level of thrill or excitement? Someplace I've always known this. I mean, because once I got a dirt bike, I got out of trouble. I stopped getting in trouble when I had a dirt bike, and the dirt bike was used to keep me in line. So, um, think about that the next time you. Well, nobody, nobody that wants to close down trails listen to this show. But when you're trying to explain to somebody like, why would you do that? Why are you going to do that? Use that argument I just gave you right there. This is a good. This is a good way to channel some of that aggression. People are like, well, team sports. Go do team sports. That's too structured. That was too structured for me. I couldn't, I couldn't, I didn't like baseball. I sat on the bench for like half the game. I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to cut a hole in the fence and go ride my dirt bike. That's what I really wanted to do, you know? So it's, um, yeah, I, I, uh, Rudolph, I feel your pain. Uh, just, uh, <laughs> careful about how you, uh, how you portray that. Because if you start, if you start going, if you end up little bit farther out in the outside then you can't come back in and then you're not part of the discussion anymore you're just that crazy ass that's that's ripping up the you're 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 now even though you're not you're the guy that's ripping up and down the street or hills or you become one of those people that's not well spoken and can't be part of the discussion um join a group join a club support the groups that keep access open do trail work pick up trash all that stuff it's all good uh, I'm going to go back to Ryder S. Oregon's question. So I have in front of me, I'm going to hold it up on the screen right now, a digital road book. So it's essentially just an iPad. And this is running something called uh, RB Nav Pro that uh, has a thing in there. And I have buttons on my bike that will actually scroll this up and down. I think it'll do it with the, let's see if the volume buttons work on this one. It's turning around sideways and stuff. Where are... I can't even find the buttons on my own iPad. Here they are here. Does that make it go? Eh, up, down, no. Doesn't work. But anyways, so so this is how you navigate your way around 
in a rally. And so what there are is, is if you're looking at it, which is hard to do if you're listening to this, but I'm going to explain it. On one side, there's a box that tells the mileage. So the mileage that you're supposed to be at. Then there's a picture. It's a drawing of what's on the ground. Uh, like it shows, you know, you in a river or a wash or you're riding on a road that comes next to a fence that goes along the highway or you go underneath the highway on a bridge. That's what these different symbols are showing that I'm kind of glancing at and talking about. And then on the other side, there's a series of instructions, uh, things like, on the one that's up there now, it says Cap 46, which is a direction that's uh, basically it would be north northeast. And it says more or less moy, which means average. It's the average cap. So you're going to go almost most of the time you're going to go 46 that direction. And it says always in the river. So it means you're in a wash with lots of different tracks. And so by using these instructions, it tells you exactly where you're at and exactly what to do. And so when Ricky tells you it's like texting at 100 miles an hour, <laughs> he's not kidding. <laughs> um, it's like reading a text at 100 miles an hour. You're not actually texting. Um, and then you see on this on this uh, device that I'm holding up, it that you can see the the degrees. It's, it's mostly showing 260 because it thinks it's facing the direction you're looking, which is west. And, and then the odometer right now is currently reading zero. It also shows you what the next waypoint that you would come to. And then if you got close to a waypoint, like in with our software, uh, a, a, an arrow will open up and guide you into the waypoint. If you were like in sand dunes and you wanted to go to an exact point, um, if you get close enough to it, then an arrow opens up and then it navigates you in. And so this is what's going on in a rally rider's head. And what, what these guys are really good at doing, and I'm just going to scroll through here and find something, is they can look at this note that I'm going to point out right here, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to glance at it real quick, and I'm going to tell you what it, what it means. Okay, so it tells me at 39 point something, which I've, that's the mileage, I'm going to come to something that's dangerous because I see something with an X on it. And then I'm going to do a change of direction. And I look at it again real quick. And so, so, so that's how long it took me to look at it. And I know when I leave that, I'm going to be going at a cap heading of 15 and I'm no longer going to be on a road. So that's, that's enough for me to glance at it. And now I, if I was at that mileage, that's what I would do. And then I would know that I didn't glance at it enough, but if I glance at it again, I would know how long I have to go to the next note, which is 39.37, which is really quick. Um, Oh, it's 38.91. So see, there's dyslexia kicking in. That's why, that's why I feel the distance. I don't, I don't use the odometer that much because the numbers get too close, especially when you have like an eight and nine together or a nine and an eight together, things like that. But you have to learn what your, uh, you have to learn what your, uh, your weakness is. So, um, there's even small writing up there that tells me in a hundred meters. So I was supposed to go 73 and then in a hundred meters, I needed to go cap 15. So... I might have made a navigation error right there. <laughs> so does that make sense, uh, Rider S. Oregon? Uh, that's that's what rally navigation is. So you do you do that, all that, and race your motorcycle at the same time. And they race for long periods of time. That's why they have big giant gas tanks. So the bikes go really far, and it's the lowest elapsed time in the section is the is the winner. And you start based on your finished position from the day before, typically. So people say, well, why don't you just use a GPS? Well, GPSs are not allowed. And then they also, uh, 
say, well, why don't you just follow everybody? Well, it's as easy to follow somebody the wrong way as it is to follow somebody the right way. So you have to know how to do all this stuff and uh, things like that. Yes, Bob. They will be using this next year, not this year. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, this is the this is the future. Yeah. Yeah. And, and basically right now they're printed on paper and on two scrolls and it's an automatic scrolling thing that does that. But we're working on the uh, on the digital ones right now. And uh, yeah, Justin Smith throws up the uh, rallyblitz.com uh, home buttons thing, too. So shout out to Phil Walker. Yes, uh, Phil is behind the buttons. And, man, I wish I remembered all the guys that were behind Rally, uh, behind Tulip, which is the software we use there. Mike Shirley, who's been on the show, does Rally Navigator, which is another version to build map books. Um, so there's a lot of guy. Um, there's a lot of guys that... Uh, kind of put together and we we sort of scab together our own little thing so we can actually train here it's because you listen to us talk about that how difficult it is to train like where you know, map books just don't go on <laughs> grow on trees so uh yeah good group of uh good group of guys well said street willie kings have really pissed off a lot of people <laughs> yep i i just i I mean, I admire the skill it takes to do that and stuff. I just wish they'd go do it someplace that wasn't a public street and end up as a hood ornament or, you know, given a real, a regular dirt bike or a, a, um, a good, uh, a good, uh, good image. Okay. Next question. Uh, John Jackson tech, uh, guru Logan, please get a YouTube live feed going. Please do the live feed on YouTube. I don't do Facebook. So John Jackson actually he he had, had some questions that he wanted answered, but he doesn't yeah, doesn't do Facebook. So you're working on that, right? Uh, soon as we get more Wi-Fi's. Yeah. Right, but you got to get your uh, your your other list to me. That's the primary. Yeah. That's of primary importance. So were there any other questions in the? Oh, we got another one there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mark Stewart. After 30 years, we're still we're still comparing YZ. I mean, 125. 2T means two-stroke. Two-stroke to a uh, 254 stroke. If we're going to compare two-stroke and four-stroke, why not the YZ250X versus YZ250FX? Um, well, uh, 30 years ago, 30 years. The four strokes haven't been around for 30 years. You're dating yourself, man. <laughs> I mean, back then, let's see, what'd you, 30 years ago, so that'd be in uh, 1990, mm -hmm. you'd be comparing an XR250 to a YZ125, maybe. And, and in 19, yeah, but they were hard to, hard to get. It just barely the eighty eight, I think, is when those kind of really came out. But so we're talking about the the two fifty two two stroke to four stroke. So back then, think about think about what we were doing back then. Like which one was wiping which one's butt? Like there was no comparison between a YZ two fifty and an XR two fifty, or even like a KX five hundred versus an XR six hundred. You know, they, those those would be the comparisons. And uh, it, we're yeah, we're still doing it. And so his question is, why don't we compare the YZ two fifty two stroke to the YZ two fifty FX? Well, it kind of depends, I guess, on where you're racing. And the reason we compared the ones that we did, 
Uh, thanks for watching the video, though, by the way, Mark. Um, that video is uh, hard to find. It's actually from the digital magazine. And on purpose, it's it's unlisted on YouTube because we're actually seeing how many people kind of travel through our magazine and end up on the on the YouTubes. Uh, we're, so Trevor and I kind of sit down and just toss back and forth about why, you know, one or the other, like which – and it it's a, it's a – it's designed for someone who's probably, you know, moving up or, or, you know, newer rider. And it's like, Hey, what, where, what do I do? Which, what, what, what am I trying to accomplish? Do I, am I, am I racing? And there's one question there's, you know, there's one answer It's a four stroke. It's just better. Uh, or am I young and moving up and I need experience and I want to, you know, I want to, you know, get, become a better rider then, or I'm older and I just want to have a lot of fun and the, the two stroke kind of comes into its own there. So that's, that's why we did it. It was just our sort of our opinions, but, um, uh, he's not trying to be mean. He said <laughs> one twenty five versus, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, if, if you're racing a certain class, then, um, I think like in, in, like the big six GPs, you can run the 252 stroke against the, they, they call it what well, they call it a pro two class or something yeah, then. Works and, but works is weird because they have, there's, you can run four fifties in the, the second tier pro class, right? No, I don't think so. Yeah. I, oh, maybe. I think they run. Yeah. Most yeah, of the guys, yeah, they all yeah, run. Got that. Yeah. It's like, there's like the, the, a, the there's the pro double a, and then there's the a class or something. Cause if you qualify out of one of the a races, any yeah. of the a races, you make it into that. So you're racing. Cause I made it in on a 125 once and, and raced against four fifties. I didn't care. That's what I wanted to ride. Yeah. So ask the guy who wants to ride a 125, why he talks about a 125 and compares to 254 stroke. <laughs> it's a losing question. Hey Mark, I don't mind you asking the question. It just uh, spawns good, uh, good discussion. Um, are we uh are we done with those uh done with those questions on this? We're all done on the sheets? Yeah. Yep. You got your thing memorized in case we're signing this show off. I'm gonna roll back through the questions. Um let's see. Drew Mitchell is tulip. That's right. Drew I I met him at one of the uh one of these uh, non non event rallies uh that I got invited to, which is pretty cool. Um, have you ever tested the Kreft revalve control? Interesting. You asked that didn't look at the, what's that? What does that say right there? Uh, Kreft moto explain. Right. I wanted to do that. So thank you, uh, Cody for asking this. Um, so Kreft, uh, wants, uh, we, we want to do a test on the Kreft, uh, rebuild sus revalve suspension and stuff. And, so I'm kind of going through the customer process. So they're they're sending me a box to send my suspension back in, and you fill out a form, and then they do a follow up call where they want to they want to talk to you about what, what you know what you filled out in the form to make sure they got it all right. And I did that today, and talk about some suspension geeks. I mean, these guys. And that's, I'm saying this in a good way. I mean, these guys. I like. I've seen some of the, the pictures of their things, the stuff that they have, and it's crazy. I mean, somebody really spent a lot of time thinking about this. And so I went back and forth on the phone today and talked to him a little bit about what I felt. Because I really like this. I'm going to send a 500 EXC suspension in. I really like the stock suspension. On some of my bikes, it's completely stock. And most of them, they are just uh, springs. That's all I've done. I can make the bike work. Springs and oil level. 
and so they're they're going to try to make it better than that. And so we're going to see we're going to see how that works. But they have some interesting things. One of their valves is called, and this would have I tested the Kreft revalve control. No, I haven't, and that is what we are going to test on this bike. And I'm I'm excited to try it because I know what they're trying to do with that. And so they're they're trying to give you the adjustment, an external adjustment for mid speed and high speed damping, which is generally what you do when you get a revalve. You you adjust those two things because typically your your compression adjusters on most bikes do low speed compression. So you, and then now you have high speed compression on a lot of the, the modern shocks. So you can adjust those, but the mid speed, mid stroke. A lot of times that's difficult to adjust via um, an adjuster. Interesting fact, though, is WP uh, Explorer Forks, those those adjusters are pretty much mid-speed adjusters just by design. They don't do I, – I don't feel it, and they actually – Kreft actually said they don't see it on their dyno, on their suspension dyno, that uh, they don't do any um, adjustment on low speed, and I totally agree with it. So – Cody, I've not, but I guarantee you by February 1st or so, I will have a good answer for you because I will have tested it by then because they are pretty well backed up. Um, and uh, so, and then with the holidays and everything like that, I want to make sure I get it in the next digital magazine, the evaluation of that stuff. So we'll see how it goes. Um, Jesse Kent says, my bike is plated for access to plated BLM roads. I got to protect the desert plate as icing on the cake for the blm cop i got the protect the desert plate oh <laughs> it's a i think it's a, a plate design like a like a special issue plate so any other questions that we missed um chris smith says when is ktm going to buy suzuki suzuki needs e-start and ktm needs yellow plastics <laughs> where was it? Where was that? Uh, second bottom. Second bottom. When is KTM going to buy Suzuki? <laughs> uh, I think you can get yellow plastics for KTM. You can get almost any color plastic for KTM. Uh, <laughs> I I don't think that I. I like the I like the the. I mean the Suzukis are are. You have some good characteristics that I hope don't go away. I hope I wish they would modernize that bike, put a damn electric start on it. And, um, you know, if you, I, I've, I've said this a million times, man, if you have a smooth motocross track with good little lines and stuff in, there's nothing like a Suzuki on those things. Those bikes turn so good. Always have. Um, so I hope they it, it's really uh, it's really interesting i don't know what they're doing <laughs> they're they, they introduced 21 2021 models and they're all just kind of the same as the old ones they added some new colors in it and everything um there was a question earlier about gas gas starters oh i remember seeing that um somebody asked me i replied to him on the thing i think that was the question i was the guy was going to go to bed so perfect answer at the end of the show he asked me if if I've noticed any issues with gas gases being hard to start, hard to cold start. And I said, not hard to start. Like my 350, all the bikes I rode at the intro started right up and, and some of them were cold when I got on them. Uh, and it was, it was chilly that day, but my 350, it's been below freezing a couple nights and it always starts right up, but boy, does it not like to idle and run. I mean, you've got to kind of crack the throttle 
and it's like the the it seems like the thick oil really puts an extra load on that particular bike and it may have the break in oil that who knows what it is inside of it still it doesn't have that much time on it just yet but it seems like it needs to warm up before it will settle down into an idle and it's always seems very very lean until the bike is is warmed up in these cold temperatures so uh, i did notice that and um uh and it could be the bike need to be broken in a little bit more the motor loosen up a little bit everything loosen up a little bit that kind of could help it so um yeah uh any other any other ones that was it uh people are checking the prices on the ktm 390 um talking about something that leaks <laughs> what leaks i think i managed to get through the show without saying the word yeah yeah prety good huh hey you're just gonna have to listen to the uh um uh yeah no i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna hold yeah hold off i'm not there aren't even any pictures of them up there one of these times it's just gonna be all oh, it's all there it's all whatever those things are now, how do you know i didn't sign you know because i i'm loyal to my sponsors how do you know that 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 honda didn't say you can't say any other h brands how do you know that that isn't in the contract because it may be we may only have to be able to talk about Honda's new 2021 Sierra 450R is designed to take you straight from the starting gate to Victory Circle. Uh, this awesome open-class motocrosser features all-new chassis, a major, major engine overhaul, new suspension, and new bodywork. And you can forget about clutch fade adjustment or hand fatigue with the new hydraulic clutch system. Lighter than ever, the Sierra 450R explodes out of corners when it's time to increase your lead. So get down to your local Honda dealer and check out the 2021 Honda CRF 450R. Go to mx.honda.com to see the full line of competition bikes. And always remember the CRF 450R is intended for closed course competition use only. I want to ride the CRF 450RX, the new one. Um, but I, I don't think they're too excited about having us come out because they're all sold out. <laughs> So, uh, Justin Smith would love to hear about Ricky and Andrew's prompt send off to the Dakar. And if you worked with Skylar at all, um, no, I didn't work with Skylar at all this year. Uh, Ricky and Andrew. Yeah. They had a good, uh, we had a good, uh, training. Yeah. It's all, it's all top secret out here. We have, we just did magic road books. Uh, I tortured them. I think did the torture chamber and that was it. Like road when it was freezing cold. Stayed up too late, got up too early, um, that stuff. So, yeah, we'll get them on the show and when they come back from Dakar. Hopefully, we have really good, really good news. And those guys do awesome. But I'm I'm uh, I'm excited for both those guys. And I like I really hope they make the navigation tricky. I really hope they make it tricky because those guys are good. Yeah. yeah so. Awesome. Uh, Mark Daniel says, uh, thank you for a great season. Wishing you all at Tech Talk Taco Tuesday a Merry Christmas. Mark, we miss, wish you a Merry Christmas as well. Thanks for uh, joining in on this. Uh, thanks for everybody. Uh, happy holidays. I'm. Are we going to be back next week? Up to you. It's up to me. I thought you were the boss around here. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to get that list done for me? Logan is going to start teaching me if if he gets this if he gets the list of drills to me tomorrow. 
tomorrow earlier rather than later, Logan is going to start teaching my beginner off-road motorcycle training course. So um, now I've said it out loud. So if you don't do that, then all these people are going to get on your ass too. So no more slacking. It's not like you have to go to school or anything. We already know how that's working. So anyways, for Jimmy Lewis, for Logan Tyler, and everybody out there, thanks for watching us Tech Talk Talk Tuesday. We will see you out on the trail. Cheers. So that exciting episode of Tech Talk Taco Tuesday was brought to you by Recluse. Recluse is a maker of incredible auto clutches and a whole lot more in the clutch department. They make street bike clutches. They make dirt bike clutches. They have clutches for your adventure bike. Some of them are auto clutches. They make a lot of replacement parts in the manual clutch, their torque drive system. There's little parts like slave units. There's protection parts. There's the left-hand rear brake, all kinds of stuff for your clutch and transmission, even oil. So if you need to know a little bit more about Recluse, you can always check them out at www.recluse.com. That's spelled R-E-K-L-U-S-E, proudly designed and manufactured in Idaho. Remember to support all of the sponsors that support this show, and we will see you in the next episode.